This podcast is presented to you by Passion Church and their campus in Montgomery, Alabama. For more information, visit www.mypassion.church. scripture. I don't want to talk too much about me. I can stand up here all day and tell you what he's done for me and how he's blessed me. I can do it and you will be blessed by it. But I want to show you some things this morning that he want you to know just like he's showing me every single day. And so the scripture, uh, the, the scripture that I want to stick with you this morning is 2 Peter. I want to read out of 2 Peter, and if you've got your Bibles, your iPads, your phones, because you know you read the Bible in so many different ways a day. You don't just bring a big old Bible. To, I bring mine because I don't know if the internet's working, so I left my, I left it. I said, I don't want to mess up this morning. I want to be able, if I need to pick up my Bible, I want to turn to 2 Peter if I need to. But anyway, whatever you have, and you're reading the Word of God, and whatever translation you're reading it out of, 2 Peter is where I'm reading from, chapter 1, verses 3. Through nine or three through eight is where I'm going to probably stop. And then we're going to talk about it. But anyway, everybody there? Yeah. All right, praise God. Let me ask you a question before I start. How many of you feel like you are living an effective Christian life? You know, how many of you feel like you're living an effective Christian life? Praise God. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Now, how many of you want to live an effective Christian life? That should be every one of us including me. And I got to say it's a challenge every day to do that. Now you can live a Christian life because you can walk out and you can tell people I'm a Christian. Praise God. I've accepted Jesus, been water baptized, and I speak in tongues. But this morning what I want to talk about is being an effective Christian. You know an effective Christian things happen. You know um, uh, the definition of effective is to produce a result that's wanted. You're, going, you, you're doing something and you want to see it happen. That's effective. And if it doesn't happen, you say, man, that didn't work. That's ineffective. <laughs> so what I'm saying is what you do, and I'm talking now about living an effective Christian life. So the words I use is all pertaining to an effective Christian life. So hang in there with me on that. Okay? So uh, uh, there, before I start, there's a couple of points I want to get out of the way right now. Salvation is the greatest promise, is the greatest promise that we can ever receive. Salvation. Salvation. Okay, the next thing I want you to uh, know this morning is that after salvation, you got to learn how to live a Christian life. You know, once you get saved, it doesn't happen right then. It's a process. It takes time. You know, when a baby is born, they crawl. They pull up. They walk. They start talking. They start eating. There's a process. Then they leave and they cleave. They leave and they cleave. I praise God that happened to me. They left. But they keep coming back. <laughs> praise the Lord. And I'm blessed. I'm a blessed man. Hallelujah. But anyway, I'm going to go ahead and read this, read this and y'all read along with me in, your, in the version that you got. By his divine power, God has given us everything we need for living a godly life. We have received all of this by coming to know him, the one who called us to himself by means of his marvelous glory and excellence. And because of his glory and excellence, he has given us great and precious promises. 
These are promises that enable you to share, you and me, to share his divine nature and escape the world's corruption caused by human desires. In view of the, all this, make every effort to, to respond to God's promises. Supplement your faith with the generous provision of more excellence, and more excellence with knowledge, and knowledge with self-control, and self-control with patient endurance, and patient endurance with godliness, and godliness with brotherly affection, and brotherly affection with love for everyone. The more you grow like this, the more productive and useful you will be in your knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. Now, how many of you want that? Amen. You know where that scripture is, and so we need to meditate on that day and night. Now, in that scripture, there's, there's eight, eight things that I want to talk to you about. Eight things in that scripture, in those verses that we want to talk about. And it's building blocks. Building blocks to becoming what God wants us to be, to be effective Christians. He wants to be, and that effectiveness, man, that's being successful. It's what we just said, it's being successful. Now, these building blocks, in, that, in the very first one, it says, make every effort. That's diligence. That's being diligent. That means being, having a forceful effort. I mean, that's going at it. Diligent, man. You're going to go at it until you win. You won't stop. That's diligence. In the word, we have to be diligent to pick it up. We might not want to. We might not want to pray. We might not want to go to church. We might not want to do a lot of things. But this is what we need to do if we're going to be an effective Christian. We have to be diligent in doing what he told us to do. We have to read this word. <laughs> we have to be steady. In Galatians 6, 9, it says, And let us not grow tired in doing what is right. For after a while, we'll reap a harvest. That's the result you want. You want the harvest. And there's scriptures to back up all this. God continuously, I mean, we can go through his whole Bible and we can see diligence, diligence and diligence in this. But that's got to be a part of what we're doing in that building box. Got to be the very first thing. Once you start, you got to be diligent. Don't stop. Amen. Amen. The second thing, that the second building block, there's more excellence and more goodness. Now, I'm going to park here for just a minute. I said there's eight building blocks and there's eight characteristics in this more goodness and this moral excellence that we need to talk about because we're talking about moral. You know, you hear this moral word a lot today. And there's a lot of stuff going on and we're all affected by the media, the news, and a lot. We hear morals. But as a Christian, as a Christian, we, I'm talking moral goodness and moral excellence. Here's the thing. We got to make sure that it's right according to the word. When you don't have a clue, go to the word of God. You got, this is where you're going to get this excellence. And this moral thing is how you feel about something. How do you feel about it? What is God speaking to you? What is God saying to you? This is what it's really all about. It's what it's really all about. Doing the right thing. Doing the right thing. Listen, here's the makeup of moral excellence and moral goodness. The first part of that is compassion. You know, when you see compassion in somebody, you know that there, there's, a, there's a little light there in that excellence, in that moral excellence. We're talking about compassion. You know, I'm reminded uh, uh, of the parable of the Good Samaritan. You know, this, this and I'm going to paraphrase this so we can y'all can understand me and I can understand what I'm saying to you. But that the story about the Good Samaritan. You know, here's this dude, he's leaving one place and he's going down to another city, you know. And I can say from Montgomery going to Prattville. But he was leaving 
he was leaving, uh, going to Jericho. That's where he was going. And Jesus was telling this story. And on the way, this guy got robbed. He got hijacked. They took all his clothes, they beat him, and they left him half dead to die right there on the spot. I'm talking about being a good, a, a compassion now, compassion, living an effective Christian life. Listen, he was left there to die. Now listen, a priest passed by his way. Y'all with me on this? <laughs> a preacher, a priest passed by the way, saw him over here, and he, he saw him, and he went on the other side, is what the scripture says. He went on the other side. Then he said, Levi. He's a preacher too, isn't he? He came by, saw him sitting there, just happened to be going by the way. He walked and he went on the other side. But they said a Samaritan came by. They saw him and said he put oil and wine in that wound, bandaged him up, put him on his ride, took him to the hotel, told the hotel keeper, listen, here's, a few, here's some bucks for the evening, feed him, help him. And when I come back, I'm going to pay you what I owe you. Keep it, help take care of this brother for me. He had compassion. He had compassion. Listen, we see people all over the place, man. I'm telling you, you can me in the grocery store. I've been there. I'm telling you some stuff that's happened to me. You see people in the grocery store struggling, having a problem. Got to put this back. They ain't telling you that, but you see what they're doing. Man, they're taking stuff out of the back, putting it back, putting it on the side. And you hear this little voice inside you. Y'all hear it. I, I've heard it too. And done something about it. Now, I've heard it. Didn't do nothing about it. Got to the point where I was talking to me. I said, I ain't going to do this no more. I ain't going to miss this opportunity. And I did something about it. But you know you can help these people. You know they ain't just doing that because they, they just want to pick the stuff off the shelf and put it back. You know they need this. They want to put it in the basket. You can help. That's compassion. An act of kindness, that's what we used to call, we call it. A lot of churches do that, that act of kindness. You shouldn't have to tell Christians to do act of kindness, man. That should be part of our makeup. We see people that need or in help, whether it's physical or mental, whatever the case may be, we come to their aid because that's our makeup, compassion. That should be a part of it. More excellence is what we're talking about. Respect. You know, people talk to you. You know, you, you hear what they're saying. Some people come to you. You don't have nothing. You start, you cut them off. You don't want them to say nothing. You don't want to hear what they got to say. Could be a family member. They are, they're not saved. And you're born again. And they're talking and you don't want to hear nothing they got to say. You shut them down right away. You need to, listen, I'm talking respect. Respect. You know, and here's a real short sidetrack. Man, I, when I first got here in Montgomery, I was in the military, active duty, working in a place where some folks were in there working on a building. And this guy, I may, maybe I had to look. I don't know. He, came, he thought I was a part of your man. So he was working on the building, plastering, doing things. So he came up to me and started talking. He told me about every club in Montgomery. Every place I can go and party and do whatever I wanted to do. I, here's what I did. I said, my listen. I listened to everything he had to say. And when he finished, I said, I asked him a question. I said, what make you think that I hang out like that? Because I could talk his language too, you know. When you get saved, you don't forget that stuff. Y'all know what I'm talking about. Some of them words y'all using, y'all don't forget. Y'all know, you get saved, man. They still love in there. I could communicate with him. And I said, listen, okay, now I listen to you. Now you listen to me. I said, man, I'm born again. Love Jesus, serve God. And I began to talk to him. So now, inside of me was a fire, man. It was a burning for me to get this joke of saved. He going to accept I was going at it. I, I wasn't, but I was saying, man, I, every opportunity, I was going at it. 
And, all, and, and in the corner of my eye, I saw this guy. He's sitting on a ladder. He's just sitting. He turned around looking. You know, it's July, hot in Montgomery. He's drinking, you know, drinking water. That's what I thought it was. And uh, so, so, man, it went on for about two weeks, man. They went on. They finished what they were doing. Another, I never did get that joke. He never did jump on that hook. I was trying to, mmm. He didn't jump on it. But one day I was driving through the gate, and he was coming to work, and he stopped me. And he said, man, hey, he said, man, he said, I got to tell you this, man. He said, remember that guy that was working with us? I said, what guy? He said, the guy that was on that letter. She said, that's my stepdad. I said, really? He said, yeah, he died. He said, before he died, he asked my mother. He talked to her about, we were talking about what you were talking about to me. And he asked my mother, how can he be born again? How can he get saved? And he got saved before he died. And he wanted to tell me. And I said, man. So I respected that guy. And respected what he had to say. I didn't get him. And I didn't stop either. I kept going to the next one. But what I was doing was ministering to somebody. So my, what I'm saying to you is respect. Respect people to the degree that whatever they got to say to you, let them say it. Just know what you need to say, you can get out. Respect, that's another part of it. Trust, believing that God will do what he said he'll do. And people will do what they say they'll do. Now, tr listen, I don't have to explain God. God said, I won't lie. That's what he tells us. But now, people, <laughs> I, I need to talk about that one a little bit. I'm talking about trust. People, I ain't talking about unsaved people. I don't hang around too many unsaved people. I try, but I hang around a lot of Christians. So when I do things or need things done, I try to invite Christians to do it. If I need work done, I try to bless the Christian. Man, I had some air conditioning work need to be done on my house. I called this joker. He came by first time. Yeah, man, born again. And he don't come to this church so I can say all this stuff. He's a preacher, too, preacher. And, man, I know what the problem is. Didn't bring it with me, but I'm coming back. Now, this was two months ago. He ain't come back yet. I called him, texted him. I'm trying to figure out what's the problem. This is a Christian. I'm trusting this brother. Man, I'm two weeks and I ain't getting into my wife. Y'all don't know. Some of y'all know my, my wife. Man, it ain't getting cold in here. Man. She's on my case, man. I'm trying to figure out how can I get this woman to get off my back, man. And so I, I made arrangements. I took care of business. But I keep thinking. And she, kept, she said, did he ever call you back? I said, he never did. I'm talking about trusting people. Listen, we need to trust one another. We need to be able to trust one another. Your word really need to be your bond. You say you're going to, hey, you greeting, you say I'm going to be, listen, I did this. You say I'm greeting, I'm going to be there, man. If you don't call me, let me know, call the man. Let the man know I won't be there today, man. You're going to have to get somebody else. Don't just don't show up. Listen, we got to begin, and this is just, I just use that as an example, but this can be at work. Because here's the other thing, you know, you're raising children, if you do have children in your home, these kind of things affect their lives also because, hey, listen, you think, you reading the scriptures is raising them up in the way they should go. That ain't how it works. The way you're raising them is they're watching you. I ain't going to go to work today. I don't want to feel like it, so I'm going to call in. Uh, or whatever you're doing. 
Listen, if it's not positive, if it's not increasing their life, what you're doing is diminishing that. And that trust, when they get to be a grown person living a life you're living, they'll begin to do the same things you were doing, and you'll wonder, why are they doing that? Well, if you go back and look at what you were doing, it'll tell you the truth. So these things got to be part of your moral excellence, and this is what helped you become an effective Christian, living that effective Christian life. The next thing about this moral excellence that I want to talk about is friendliness. Being interested in other people, man. I mean, just even inviting them. You might meet somebody, and you might, uh, you might, you, you, you know, you know, you need to invite them out because they don't know nobody but you. But you feel, man, if I invite them out, I got to pay for that meal. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm, a, I might have to take the tab, man. <laughs> you know, uh, you know, I can do it, but I don't want to do it. So you don't invite them out. You don't get to know them. And God has placed them in your life. You've been sharing the word, and they're attracted to you because you've given them something that they want or that they need. And you have not taken advantage of it. We're giving so many opportunities to do things for God, to bring people in. Simple things. Friendliness. Man, that's all we have to do, man. Speaking to people. Good morning. Man, I was raised that way. I was raised in a neighborhood, man. If I didn't speak to people before, I, from school, grade school, if I walked by people's house and didn't speak to people, before I got home, my parents knew it. I don't know how they knew. I know it now how them folks called them and told them, Riley, that boy came by, and he didn't even speak. You mean, it was a, listen, that's how it worked. You, that's respectful. Listen, that is being friendly. Good afternoon. Good morning. How are you? At work. I mean, I'm a morning person. I don't talk to nobody in the morning. <laughs> I hear that stuff at work, man. I'm a morning person. I don't talk. What you mean? You got to work with me, man. Good morning. How you doing? You know, you bring all that stuff with you, but you have to. We, it's in our power to change how we are, and we can be friendly. That is one of the things. Unsaved people, man, you know, it's a challenge today. It's tough. It's tough. You go out witnessing. Witnesses are just sharing your testimony. You act, they come right back at you. You've been treating people bad, talking, you're not friendly. They, they'll throw it right back at you. Why you want me to be like that? You ain't like that. <laughs> you're telling me, man, I ought to be like this. And this is how you come in every morning. I don't treat you like, this is what the world will throw back at you. You can't put yourself in a situation like that. That's part of the makeup of moral excellence and moral goodness. The next one, the next, next part of this is integrity. Big word. Woo. This is a big word, integrity. You know, I, I, people talk to me now. I get phone calls from people and they say, what you doing? I say, I'm doing the right thing. <laughs> I'm doing the right thing, man. Because it was a time in my life when I wasn't doing the right thing. I say it all the time now. That's accountability to me, and it's letting them know where I'm coming from. Listen, integrity, integrity is doing what you know is right. Man, every one of us knows. We know we were all raised, and if we weren't, we know right and wrong. We all know if we go rob a bank, we're going to go to jail if we get caught. You're going to get caught. And you know the results, right and wrong. We all know it. Very simple things. Treating people right or treating people wrong. Ain't no in-between. Ain't no gray areas in this stuff I'm talking about. These are characteristics of moral excellence. Moral, how you think about things. Am I good or am I excellent? Excellence is, man, that's extreme. That's a high extreme 
of what I'm talking about. That's, that's the highest level. I'm not going to just, hmm, because I need to do it, I'm going to do it. This is, man, I want to be effective. That's moral excellence. That's excellence. That's what we're talking about. Listen, the other one is cooperation. Man, you got to work good with people. You can't be living, breathing, and not have people in your life. Listen, it started in the home. If nothing else, if you're married, you, you and your wife, you never leave the house as you and your wife. You got to cooperate. Somebody got to wash dishes. Somebody got to fold clothes. Somebody got to cut the grass. Somebody got to, after a while, paint the house. Somebody got to do something. And one person, I know in my house, and one person, she ain't going to do it all. <laughs> ain't no way, not in my house. And that's how it's going to work. Now, some things I got to do. She ain't going to cut the grass. I got to do that. I can't just let it grow up past the, the, the windows <laughs> and, and, and come home and say, she didn't cut the grass today. <laughs> hey, I can't do that. You know, as a man, and here's where I can I get stuck. Y'all help me out on this one now. Woo. I, I can get messed up on this one. Because as a man... Man, there's some roles and responsibilities that you can't pass on. You have to do it. You have to do it. You can't get mad because she won't do some things that God has placed you on this earth to do. You have to walk in that. You, listen, role reversal does not work. Now, it's going on. It, it, it really is going on. And it's very obvious because we can see. And you can see when it's jacked up. When it's jacked up and it's reversed, man, you say, it ain't going to last long. That ain't going to last long. She going to kick him out? Or she going to talk so much he going to leave? <laughs> hey, you know, there was a study done on how many words a woman talk a day and how many words a man talk. A woman can weigh you out with some words, buddy. Hey, this study, one study was done that said a woman can talk 28 to 30,000 words a day. A day. Man, that's, that's three books. Do you know, you, and, and this other study said a man only talks about 14,000. 14,000. Now, if you're a working man and you go to work and come back home, you're through. <laughs> you, you've been talking all day, man. You're through. But here's where you Oh, Lord, this, here's where the adjustment comes. You, you, you home, man. You got to take that work hat off, put the home hat on. You got to pick it up because guess what? She won't talk. She want to talk, man. She, I don't care if it's how was your day today. That's great. <laughs> You're through. It's great, man. Everything went well. I didn't get fired. Still got a job. Great. And you're going about your business, man. Well, well, what does that mean? You know, and then it goes, and if you're not careful, some of those questions can lead right into some fight. You got to go get, this is how I used to say, you got to go get the 10 ounces now, man. You got to put some gloves on. Y'all getting ready to do some duke, and this going to, because <laughs> she going to want to know, and you're going to get mad because you want to know, and you don't know how to handle that. I ain't going to get too much into that. It's a whole thing, man. It's a whole different message. I'll come back if I can get an opportunity. We'll talk about that one. But all I want to say here is in cooperating, you got, men, you, we got to do the right thing. We got to do the right thing. And when I say I run things around my house, I really do. The vacuum cleaner, the washing machine, the dishwasher, I run all that stuff, man. When I run things around my house, I'm running it. 
Hey, and, and it was a time when I didn't, and I was having problems. I figured out real quick, if I do these things, it's better, and I like better. Amen? So that's just a plug for the men. I like better. Hey, thankfulness is the next one. This is the eighth one, is thankfulness. Seeing what you have and being grateful. Seeing what you have in me instead of missing what you don't have. So many people complain, oh, man, I don't have this. Hey, be grateful. God has blessed every one of us to be where we are, to have what we have. We need to thank him every day. We need to thank him. I mean, for the smallest things that you can ever think of, you need to thank him. You don't need to go a day without thanking God for what he's done for you today. He's blessed you. He's blessed me. Man, I'm telling you, he's blessed me. I, was just, I just left a school. I had to go to school. They made me go to this school. They said, if you don't go to this school, you won't, get, keep, you won't keep making the kind of money you're making. They go, I'm just telling you. They said, because if you don't get all these things done, I say, man, I don't want to go to school. I don't want, I'm through with school. I'm tired of school. They say, if you don't go, you, I said, well, you won't get paid. I said, I'm going. Listen, man, I went to this school, and it wasn't a school for me, but it was, something, it was a requirement that I had to take. Man, I, I, took my, I went a week. Government paid for it, so I took my wife. She enjoyed it. I said, you know what? You need a break. Come on. It ain't going to cost me no money. I want you to enjoy it. And so uh, she went with me, and I had to go to school every day. Eight o'clock, got out five. She, she was kicked back loving it. <laughs> I come in. I said, how was your day? Loved it. <laughs> Loved it. I said, well, mine was a drag. I said, man, I said, all of got messed around. I'm in this class. I don't know what they're talking about. I don't know what they're doing. I don't know. I don't have a clue. And I said, I'm taking notes. What, everything he's saying ain't none of it on a test. I said, I don't know how I'm going to pass this one. Let me tell you something. God had worked in my life before for whatever reason. He came through. Man, I went to the source. I said, God, every day. I, I mean, every night. I come on, I said, I, I'm praying every day. Man, I'm worshiping all the way, in, in worshiping. Then I'm saying, I'm going to be quiet. I'm going to listen. I said, God, I need your help today. God, help me recall what I need. To, I mean, I talked to him just like I'm talking to y'all. And God came through for me. Listen, I thanked him every mile back. And every day, my wife, she was, talking, she was happy. I didn't want to, I said, I don't want to mess up your day. I said, but I'm sure I'm miserable. I'm having some problems. And, and I just got, got with God, and I said, I ain't going to do this. I said, I'm going to be happy. I said, because I know you're going to come through. And at the end of the week, he came through, and I thanked him. And I'm still thanking him. I don't know how I did it, but I know I had help. I did it because he helped me. That's how I did it. But see, thankfulness, man, we need to thank him every day for everything that we have. That's the way he is. He's a good God, and he deserves our thankfulness of what he's done for us. Listen, y'all do that. Do that. Hey, the third thing that, uh, that eight, of that eight building block is true knowledge. Proverbs 1, 7, chapter 1, verse 7 says, Fear the Lord is the fear of the Lord is the foundation of true knowledge. That's out of the Living Bible. Fear of the Lord is the foundation of true knowledge. I don't care what people say. Everything that you want to know about life yes. is right here. Amen. Man, I'm talking about this stuff is real. 
And everything that you want to know about life is right there, but we got to know him. We got to want to know him, and that's where it is. Listen, true knowledge is the word of God. That's what it is. True knowledge is what God says it is, because none of this stuff is void. None of this stuff is fake. None of this stuff is, this is all real. And this is where we need to live as Christians. Today, we're challenged. Greatest, this, is, this is the greatest time of, in our history in life for Christians. I don't know about you. But man, I'm raising my game. When people see me, I want them. The Bible says that I'm made in his image. I don't want when people see me to, to say some other image. We got to, what we talk, we got to walk. There's got to be some action to this stuff. Today, Christians are challenged to live an effective Christian life. We're challenged. Listen, you can fall in line. You can do what everybody else is doing, or you can hide in the crowd. You can, you can slip and slide. Do all, you can do all of that, man. But the bottom line is, if you, say, if you were born again and had an encounter, and you are sincere, today is the day for you to show who you are. It's, listen, it, it, everybody in the locker room suiting up. And, you know, when I was suiting up, I wanted blood. I wanted everything, grass. I wanted all on my uniform. Because I, I, you know what that show? When I came back in, baby, you knew I was on the field. <laughs> I said, I want some. It wasn't my blood. It was somebody else. I said, I want some blood. And that's how I need to work. When you suit up, you got to want to go out in the game. And, listen, you got to be wanting to win the game. Not just out there playing, man. I, I couldn't play. I didn't want to play with nobody. I just want to be playing. You, you want to win? Then you be on the team. You want to win, you ain't going to get picked. You're going to sit on the bench. That's how it works. Listen, we got to suit up today as Christians and be effective. We got to do what we say we're going to do. And we got to be real with it. That's the third thing, true, uh, true, true knowledge. Now, how do we get that knowledge? Every morning, man, this Bible sits in my, my grandkids tell you what this Bible sits in my house. Sit right there on that chair. My, when I walk in, I see it. Every morning I get up, man, I'm reading something, whether I want to or not. I try to make this a part of my life. You know, just like uh, breakfast, just like drinking some water, putting on my clothes, this is part of my life now. Because one, you know, before, before I got saved, it was not part of my life. Man, I, I, I just thank God that I'm up here talking to y'all. <laughs> but this is part of my life because of that change in my life. And it's time to be an effective Christian man today with, what I, with what's affecting me. And y'all, because y'all do it. Listen, ain't nobody tell me you ain't being effective. See this stuff like I see it. It's affecting us. And if, if it was not affecting us, we would be doing better. You know, if you know better, you ought to do better. You know, it's at the place now where we know better and we ain't doing better. As Christians, we got to be the light, the salt. We got to be that light. We, who, else do, who else is the world going to look at? Who else can they come to when they are in trouble? Who else? Hey, they go to each other. They're going to just motivate each other to keep doing the wrong thing. You can show them the right way, a different path, because you've been there, done that, and now you're doing this. You can be effective. So but God is challenging us this morning to live an effective Christian life. Amen. Listen, self-control, self-control, another one. This is the fourth one, self-control. Winning over the temptations that are inherent. 
or that's existing within us. There's things happening in us. Before earlier, I said, hey, you know, you're born again. You've accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. I'm talking about self-control. All that stuff you used to do before you got saved, don't tell me you forgot about it. Ain't not Every one of y'all in here, all that stuff y'all used to do, you remember. There's a reason why you're not doing it. Self-control. Self-control. You got to win over the temptations. There was a brother that used to come to one of our men's groups all the time, Johnny Smith. Never forget, Johnny was a big, he had an impact on my life. But you know, every time we met, sat around the circle, we say, what was said in the circle stage in the circle, Johnny Smith would always say this, you got to keep crucify the flesh. <laughs> Boy, that brother would, you got to crucify the flesh. Johnny had been going through some stuff. And that's a whole different story. But listen, we got to have self-control today. You know, we got brothers in church that's in here just for one reason. We have some sisters in church just for one reason in churches. My clock's running. I got to get married. Got to have some children. Got to have them. Got to have them too. And this joker's up in here. This, 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 this joker's sitting up in here. He coming up in here because all these women, they say good girls. They ain't running the street. And they green. They don't know nothing. And so... But he forgot, they ain't always been saving. <laughs> but, but, but my point is this, he's, <laughs> he's sitting up and he's thinking, oh, this is a field, man. I can run through these women. But see, what he don't understand, he got brothers in here, they see him, and they see what he's doing and how he's acting. But what we got to do as brothers, once we recognize that, we got to hold him accountable. Amen. We got to walk up to that brother and say, man, that ain't right. You need to respect that sister. You need to have some self-control, man. You need to do the right thing. We need to speak into his life and help him along the way until he can help himself. That's what the Bible tells us to do. Look out for one another. Amen? Self-control. You know, uh, you got to remember this. Uh, it's not the sin. Uh, uh, it, it is not a sin to be tempted. The sin comes when we... Uh, when we give in to the temptation. And I used to say it this way to a lot of the brothers. Now, this is a statement I can put out there for the sisters, too. But I like to speak to the brothers because God has put us into a heavy-duty role in this thing. Listen, you can be in the grocery store walking around and see a beautiful woman that walk in. You, your eyes, you see it. She's a nice-looking lady. The problem is it's okay to say she's a nice-looking woman. The problem is when you use that buggy, you walk around that grocery store trying to find that woman. That's where the problem comes in. And that's what I told him. I said, that's where you have some issues, man. That's when you start getting into some stuff you don't need to get into. You got to control. You got to have some self-control. And you got to talk to your body. You got to talk to that flesh because it didn't get saved. It's Listen, I heard this and this was good. You know, and I, well, I won't use that. I won't use that example. I'm going to keep going. Ooh, that was a good one. I'm not going to use that one because that could be happening and that ain't, shouldn't be happening. But anyway, the fifth thing is perseverance, patient endurance. Patient endurance. That's the ability to consistently overcome all the temptations thrown at us by the world and by the devil. It's two things, the world and by the devil. The devil got his way of doing things. The world got his way of doing things. You can turn on television. You can t Listen, you can be t looking at a commercial. You say, I'm looking at My wife always say, yeah, you're looking at the ball game? I say, yeah, I'm looking at the ball game. But the commercials come on, be jacked and hung up. You know, it's all messed up. The commercials. And all they're doing is selling a hamburger. But why you got to do all of that to sell a hamburger? And they want shaving cream. Why you got to do all that? Just tell me to buy the shaving cream, man. But see, they mess you up. They mess. But see, 
The women are not affected by that stuff. Who is he they're coming? Man, at meeting, they're coming at the man. Jacking your whole house up. You have to take authority over that thing. And you got to on purpose deal with it. Cover your eyes, turn your head, turn the channel. You got to do something. You can't just sit there looking and keep looking. Before you know it, you're going to become, you spot it. There's a process. Tain it. You're hanging out with the wrong people. Spot it. Conforming. Now you're doing what they're doing. That's how it works. Everything's a process. And we got to be careful of that. Devil's very cunning on how he does things. Godliness. And that's an attitude. That's the sixth thing. Attitude toward God is composed of three elements that's all focused on God. The fear of God, the love of God, and the desire for God. We got to keep it right in front of us all the time. The seventh thing is brotherly love. Loving others because you truly value them. You love them, man, because you truly value them. You, you know, we, we need to treat each other different. And then we need to let the world, when we are out there, outside of this place, we need to show them, hey, man, we really do love this, these people, man. I don't care who, this is a brother in the Lord. We need to show them that because they don't see that. So that needs to be real. It needs to be real. I like the way the message says, most of all, it says, love each other as if your life depended on it. That's the message, Bible. Love, love each other. It says, love each other as if your life depended on it. Man, I'm telling you. And the eighth thing is love. The eighth thing is love. You know, Matthew 22, and this is the King James Version I'm reading. Matthew, Matthew 22, 37 through 39, it says, Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. He says, this is the first and great commandment. And then he said, the second one is like this. Thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. I'm talking about the love that God is talking about. We need to make a difference. This is real what we're doing. Man, this is not playing games, coming in, sitting down, hearing a message. I wanted to keep it right into the scriptures. What I, I went through eight building blocks of living an effective Christian life. Those eight building blocks are sitting in 2 Peter, the first chapter, 3. Through, listen, all of it's good. Three, you read on and it says, and if you do these things, you won't fall. You keep reading it, it'll tell you something. But it's in the scriptures. All of what I just went through is right in these verses that I just got through reading. Just one book. Man, there's a whole bunch of stuff in this just one book. If we can conquer this, we can be effective in a world that's unsaved. We can show people how to do what they're asking us about when they come to us. They'll see it. Why, you like, why, do you, why do you treat this person like this? Why did you hug this brother? They begin to ask questions. You got answers because you've been living it. And that's what God wants us to do. He wants our testimony to be the most effective thing that we have to help change people's lives. We, the church, we need that, this today more than we've ever needed it. The world is looking for somebody to show them the way. Are you willing to do that? I am. Let's work together and change lives like God wants us to do it. He's given us an assignment, and that assignment is to do what he says in his word. Now, some of you might ask, you know, where do I go from here, Walt? The answer is the word of God. That's what it is. The answer is the word of God. James 
1, chapter 1, verse 5 says, if any of you like wisdom, you should ask God, ask God generously to all without finding fault. That's God. Also, 1 Peter 2, verse 2, it says, like newborn babes, craving spiritual milk, so that by it you may grow up in your salvation. Growing up, that's talking about a process. We have to start somewhere and we will end up in a place. In Joshua 1, verse 8, and this is from the message. And don't for a minute let this book of Revelation, it's talking about everything that's being revealed to you in this book. The revelation of <coughs> to be out of your mind. Ponder and meditate on it day and night. Making sure that you practice everything written in it. Then you'll get where you're going. Then you will succeed. That's what it's really all about. I want to give you some practical things. I've talked about a lot of stuff out of that. Eight building blocks. But here's some practical th advice I want to just give you. Develop a lifestyle of reading your word every day. Amen. Man, that's got to be a lifestyle. Just like eating breakfast, man. Lunch, dinner. It's just got to be a lifestyle. Now, get your quiet time. Get a time where you can benefit from it. I'm not talking about get a translation you can read, man. I like the New Living Translation. Get a translation, a translation that you can read. You, you can, you, these apps now, they got stuff, man. You can go out there and get all of them on one, one app. Go to whichever one you want, but let it make sense to you. So you can receive what God wants you to say. Read the Gospels first. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. You want to start? I always say, we, we talk, in Matthew, man, you start, Matthew 1.18, it says, and Jesus was born. You want to start and walk, walk with him. Just like we walk. Walk through the park with him. Walk through the villages with him. You know, you don't have to do it a lot. You don't have to do it a lot. And then just watch Jesus. 15 minutes a day is what I'm talking about. At least four days a week. And you'll see a change. 15 minutes. 15 minutes a day, five minutes, and then pray for five minutes. That's 20 minutes now. 15 minutes a day, just reading a little word. Five minutes praying, God, thank you, Jesus, today for reading your word. Show me what you want me to do today. Five minutes. And then 10 minutes, be quiet. Now, listen, I just went through 30 minutes. 15 reading, five minutes praying, and 10 minutes listening. You, how many of y'all got TVs in your house? Everybody got a TV. Y'all listen to more than 30 minutes worth of movies. 30 minutes. That's all. Just miss one show. Just want, listen. 30 minutes. You will see a change in your life if you do what I just told you. You know why? I, I, I read for a few minutes, mark where I left off. I, I'm doing it now. Been doing it. It's changed my life. And when I don't do it, I miss a few days when I don't do it. Man, I better put on my uniform. There's a wall going on. I'm looking for M16s and everything. It's a, listen, but when you got this, you start out with it every day, your battle's already won. Your battle's already won. Listen, that's just some simple advice that I want to give you. Listen, I'm done. I'm not going to keep talking because I'm done. But, you know, there could be somebody out here that, uh, you know, I, I've talked about. You, you know, Nicodemus. It's a parable in there. Jesus talked about this. Nicodemus had an issue. He was a Pharisee. They didn't believe in that Jesus was Jesus. God sent you. But Nicodemus went to him one night and said, man, I'm just talking now. I'm paraphrasing. Man, you, 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 we know, we know God, God had to send you because you, you couldn't do this without having God help. The stuff you've been doing, these miracles, man, we see. You couldn't. 
And so Jesus said, man, he said, you know what? You can't see the kingdom of God unless you're born again. That's what he told him. He said, you, he's letting Nicodemus know, man. No, no, no. You, you might be a, know the law and all. He says, but if you are not born again, you cannot see the kingdom of God. That's what Jesus told him. Now, being born again is believing that Jesus was the son of God, that he died for us, and that he was raised from the dead. Now, it could be somebody in here this morning. Says, man, I thought I was saved, man. I ain't saved. I need Jesus. Or it could be somebody in here that's not saved. What I want to do is give an opportunity right now for that to happen in your life. Now, you, if there's anybody here that don't know Jesus and want to know him, it's very simple. He says, confess, believe, and you're saved. It was tough when I was coming up. I was in the church, man, they made it tough, man. You got to stop playing ball. You got to stop going to movies. You got to stop. I mean, had all this stuff I had to do. But that's not what the Word of God says. The Word of God says all you have to do is confess with your mouth and believe in your heart, and you shall be saved. Now, so if there's anybody here that, you know, you, uh, you want to do that and you have not done that, you can come down to this altar and we're going to pray with you. And say those things and then you want to be saved. Now, that's what the scriptures say. And then what you have to do, you got to begin to live an effective Christian life. These things that we talked about this morning, you got to go back and say, God, I need these operating in my life. Help me to get there. And he'll do it. But that's how it starts. And if you're born again and not living like this, Ask God, take care of you. Help me where I'm missing it. Help me get there, God. I need this. Amen? Amen. Amen. So no takers this morning. That's fine. That's fine. Now, if you need prayer, we're going to be after this service. Brother Bruce, come on down, brother. Thanks for listening to today's podcast. We hope you've enjoyed it and pray that you are blessed by God's word. For more information about Passion Church, visit www.mypassion.church.